Father God, you're the source of true life, abundant life, a full life. You are the only source of that life that really satisfies, that really brings contentment, that fills us. And you are not far from us. That is your promise, that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you are very, very near. So, Lord, we look to you for your life, your vitality, your energy. That you give by your Holy Spirit within us. And we thank you. Lord, I pause now to pray for Kathy Waters and her family. Just found out her sister passed away unexpectedly on Thursday night. Be with that family. Be there for them. Show up in ways that only you can, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning again. Good to be back with you. Most of you know I've been gone for a couple of weeks. I had a setback with my back and was stuck in Mississippi. Uh, got to go down for a wedding, made it through the wedding, and then kind of fell apart for a while. But anyway, a little bit more about that later. He's not here today. Uh, neither one of them are here today, but a big shout out to uh, to Jordan on the short notice for me to call him. And uh, heard he came through in flying colors last Sunday morning. And uh, Jason and he uh, pulled the candlelight service together last week. And so praise God. Praise God. And uh it, it is a um, it's, it's a good feeling for me to know that even though I couldn't be here, that you were in very capable hands, and thank God for His provision of, of those young men. Well, we're about to start the new year, and so it's always time to make resolutions. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you five resolutions that you can keep this year. Number one is gain weight. You, you've always struggled, and and you've always wondered if you could. This is your year. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it's like the, the, I read the story about this uh, husband and wife watching a football game and the husband was uh, kind of marveling at, at this football player because he, he, was, he was 5'9 and weighed 275 pounds and the wife says oh, and he said something about it and she said that'll be me if I keep eating like I've been eating and he said oh no you'll never be 5'9 Resolution number two, stop exercising. It's just wearing you out and making you tired. Give in to the sloth gene. There's lots of good excuses out there not to exercise. I've heard most of them. I've used some of them. Uh, Read less. Your mind is tired. You already know everything you need to know probably anyway. So Uh, spend more time on your phone and social media this year. Make it a goal. Just look at your phone every three minutes. I think that won't be hard for some people I know. It seems as though they cannot, their eye contact with their phone is 20 hours a day, it seems like. But anyway, and procrastinate more. Uh, Start with that one tomorrow. Um, Anyway, Uh, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says this. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not 
be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Be careful how you live, not as unwise as I making the most. Uh, one uh, translation talks about living circumspectly, which means looking all around you, kind of a 360 degree, thinking about the big picture. Be careful how you live. Live filled with the Spirit. What a great passage for your year. Reminds me of what it says in Psalm 90, verse 12, where it says, teach us to number our days aright so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I ran across a quote a few years ago, and I think it's very true. Um, I don't know who said it. They said this, doing everything keeps us so busy that we don't have time to think about what is really important to us. I don't, know if that's, I don't know if that statement has been ever more true than it is today. There are so many things to keep us busy. I mentioned social media and the phones and, and jobs and family and hobbies and, and extra, more extracurricular activities than you can imagine. Uh, if you're, I, you know, I don't envy you parenting now. There's something your kids can be involved with Every season of the year, every night of the week, some kind of activity. Um, and we can stay very, very, very busy. But do we think about what is really important? So, as I was um, down for the count, uh, so to speak, uh, in Mississippi with uh, with back spasms that seem to uh, be unrelenting for about three days, um, uh, it gave me some time to think. And uh, and actually, uh, so this is uh, this is not the message. Uh, this is not the message I had planned for the first Sunday of the new year. I, I came back and did something I rarely do. I, I rarely say oh, I'm going to write something new. I do that probably because I'm lazy, um, but but just because it's work. But I really felt compelled to, to sit down and, 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 and just kind of, kind of speak out of my last two weeks' experience of my life because I think there were some things that... Um, some things that I needed to learn, some things that helped me, and maybe some of them will resonate with you. Um, when I was down, I, I did a lot of praying, uh, first part, and then when I started getting better, I started, I was able to focus a little bit, and I started reading the Word of God, and I went to Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes into the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will be your shade from the sun by day and from the moon by night. He will not let you stumble. He who watches over you will neither slumber nor sleep. And so I, I went to that passage for comfort. And then I went to Isaiah 55. Um, and it made me think about that. And I want to just, and I just kind of like to work through Isaiah 55 this morning with some thoughts that I think are relevant for the new year for us. So if, um, the, the words will be on the screen, but you might want to turn to it in your Bible too. Isaiah 55, uh, verses 1 and 2. 
Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. The song we sang about that talked about that God satisfies us. God is the one who satisfies the deepest part of our souls. And, and so it's saying here, it's saying food and drink don't satisfy. And, and, and I couldn't help but think about what I'd seen on television, and especially in the last of November and all of December. It's, 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 it's all this stuff of, about consumerism and, and, and hedonism. And, and it says, oh, you had a great Black Friday experience. You got a deal on a snowman or a some trinkets. Oh, I got a brand new car. Look at me. Or uh, he went to Jared's or whoever it is, and they pull out the diamonds, you know, and it's like, you get this big diamond ring, and, and it's going to be, you're going to be so happy now, and you're going to be so content. And, and then there's the other one where they're laying on the beach, and, and now this one does have some appeal, I have to say. The Caribbean vacation on the warm beach right now when I walked outside this morning, I thought, hmm, that one might work. But um, will that really satisfy the longing of your soul? And the answer is no. And, and my proof text for this is the book of Ecclesiastes because Solomon had it all, and he tried it all, and he did it all, and it came up empty, empty, empty. So the question resonates, why do you spend your money on what does not satisfy? And so the Spirit inspired Isaiah to write this, and he says, come and listen. He's about to bring us good news, verses 3 through 5. Give ear and come to me, listen, that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you do not know, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for He has endowed you with splendor. And so again, we get, a, we get another command. He says, give ear to me. Listen to what I'm saying is what is being, being just extolled here in this passage. Listen to this. And that's why, that's why we talk a lot here at 12th Avenue about spiritual disciplines, the disciplines of taking time daily to read your Bible, taking time daily to pray, taking time daily um, in silence, in solitude, so that we can think about what's really important. And I, when I talk about how quiet time, spending time with God, I'm not talking about a check-the-box kind of legalism or somehow that we're doing this to earn God's approval, but that somehow we can encounter God in our minds, in our thinking, in our hearts, so that we can begin to understand what is really important. Give ear, hear me. Jesus said this, like in Mark 4, 9, he said, then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. He said this several times in the, in the parables. If you have ears to hear, you, you listen, listen. 
Now, the rest of this passage is kind of interesting. Verses 4 and 5 there, it talks about David being a commander and all that, and, and nations are going to run to you. And do you remember where we started, the greatest story? Which, by the way, we're going to pick up next week. We finished Act 1, which was from Genesis chapter 12 all the way through the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. Next week, we're going to start Act 2, which is going to be the church age, okay? But do you remember there was a vision cast at the very beginning it's in Numbers 20 where it says that one day the whole earth will be filled with the glory. And that's what it's talking about in this passage. It's talking about not Act 1, which we just finished, not Act 2, which is the church age, but Act 3, which is the end times. Because in the end times, what Isaiah prophesied is going to happen. All the nations are going to run to Israel. All the nations are going to run to God. You hear about that? In a few weeks, uh, we'll be talking more about that. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7, it gets better. Do we have that? Can we get there? Oh, mercy. It's in my, it's in my Bible. Um, it's in yours too. I'll read. Oh, it's up. Okay, thank you. Oh, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will, free, he will freely pardon. Okay, uh, leave that up for a minute, please. Here's an, there's, there's, this is just chock full of verbs. Do you see this? We, 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 come, listen, give ear, seek call. The Spirit is, through Isaiah is, is, has inspired him to say these things. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. That is so, that verse means so much to, to me because during my journey of coming to faith, I remembered there was a verse about that and, and, it, and it's found in uh, Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I remember claiming that during my time of spiritual searching for God and just saying, Lord, I'm, I, I believe your word. And I, I didn't know where it was in the Bible. <laughs> I didn't know where it was. I just believe in you that if I seek you with all my heart, that I'll find you. You see, this, this seeking and calling upon him, now, now understand this is on us. Now, I know nobody comes to faith unless the Holy Spirit draws them, but there's a part of this equation that's on us, and it's on us to seek, and it's on us to call. It's our responsibility. These, these are not shallow words here. Did you notice what it said there? It said that if we forsake our wicked ways, you see, it's, it, it, it's a seeking and a, and a calling that's significant. It has, it has weight to it. Forsake our wicked ways, which is the whole idea of repentance. It's turning from going our way to go God's way. It's repenting of our rebellion toward God and our selfishness and our pride and our ego. And it goes on and says, and forsake our evil thoughts. All those inner sins of our hearts, the bitterness and the anger and the hatred and the envy and the lust, and the list goes on, the human heart and the depths of our own darkness. 
So he says, seek me, call upon me, and you'll be found upon me. If you repent, if you forsake your ways, if you turn from your evil thoughts, then you'll find me. And, and, and it's, not just, it's just not trying to do better or turning over a new leaf. And that's why when you get over, and again, there's always a progressive nature, nature to Scripture. Remember, it's, it's always moving along. When you get over to Colossians 3, we get a new dimension to this, and it says, put away your evil thoughts. But it also says, put on Christ. And put on a new mind. I think it's verse 12 that talks about all the things that we are to put on. So it's always a putting off and a putting on that makes all the difference. And then he says, when we genuinely seek, we genuinely call, we genuinely repent, the Bible calls this being born again in John 3. When this happens, God shows mercy to us. We don't get what we deserve. And God pardons us from all of our sins. He acquits us of our sinfulness. And the verdict is in. And we are declared what? Not guilty. And so in your mind's eye, can you just see it? It's a not guilty verdict. And you stand up and you jump for joy and you weep for joy. And that's what God does for every person who calls upon Him in this way and turns from their way and gives their lives to Him. That's what happens. We are declared not guilty. Maybe this is the news that you need today for your new year. It may be not just trying to do some better things this year, but it's a matter of repentance and turning to God. And He is not far from you. He is there for you. Maybe you need to dwell on this text until He owns your heart and you're all in and you're surrendered. I'm going to skip over verses 9 through 11. I'll come back to it. And let's look at verses 12 and 13. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. That's a visual image. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper and instead of briars the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. And again, this is a prophetic passage and this is talking about the future. And if we could go back, you go back to Genesis 3 and after Adam and Eve sinned, he told Adam, he says, now you have to work. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight the thorns and the thistles. And now he says, one day's coming where it's not going to happen. And instead of thorns, we're going to have junipers, whatever junipers are. And we're going to have all these other good things that are going to happen that you read about in the end times. And we're not going to have to struggle anymore that we have in this world today. If you go to Romans chapter 8, it talks about how all creation today is under the curse that goes back. And, and that's why today we have storms and hurricanes and floods and earthquakes and tornadoes and tsunamis and volcanoes and hailstorms. And God's going to make all that right one day, and that won't happen. That's in the future. Now back to verses 9 through 11. And I'm using the New Living Translation with just kind of a sidebar here, I, I think that's the best current translation that there is. Uh, and that's not just Al's opinion. Some of our Wycliffe Bible translators, as, as we've chatted with them, they talk about this being probably the most accurate current translation that's being done. And if I was going to be here longer than three and a half months, I'd start preaching from that for you. Um, so just 
If you're looking for a new Bible, an NLT might be a good one for you to look at. This is the way, 8 through 11, in that translation. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. And this is the this is the part of Isaiah 55 that uh, that that spoke to me. You, you know, when you're really sick, it's really it does several things. It's it's very humbling. Number one, that you can be that weak and that down. And it, it's a time that you, you cry out to God and say, "God, deliver me." And sometimes that deliverance comes, but sometimes it, it doesn't seem to come. So, so believing, believing that God doesn't waste anything, and I believe that. And I believe Romans 8, 28, that He's working all things together for our good, all, for all of us who are called and know Him. Believing that, I thought, I want to get everything I can out of this because I don't want to have to learn this lesson again. Uh, some of you can relate to that. Um, and, I, and I hope this is clear today. I don't know how clear it is because I, I haven't had a lot of drug-free thinking. <laughs> Legitimate prescribed drugs, let me assure you. Uh, so if some of this ends up being a little muddled in my thinking, but I'm going to try to tell you this um, of what I feel like I gained I gain this. I, I, I do not know the thoughts of God. God is infinite and I am finite. And, and that's not earth-shaking news. We all knew that, I think. And most of us can wrap our minds around that, though on some level I think we tend to think, we tend to think that we understand enough that we can give God some guidance, give God some guidance on what would be best for us. You know? Which is, if you think about that for more than about 10 seconds, is pretty ludicrous. If his ways and his thoughts are so much different and so much greater than mine, that if I tried to squeeze them into my brain, it, it would explode. So I realized that his ways are different that he sees things from an infinite, unlimited perspective that I cannot see. And I realize that faith is trusting that my present and immediate may not seem to be right and good or desirable, or even that if my plan, even if my plan could be pure and totally, totally uh, altruistic, which couldn't, it wouldn't be. But even if it could, 
that could never capture God's plan. And that would be less than His plan. So we come here and He talks about what He does. Well, He says He sends His Word. My Word goes forth. Now, usually when we talk about the Word here, we talk about the Word of God, the Bible. And that's a very accurate, uh, that's exactly true. The Bible and all that it is, it goes forth. The Word of God will, will, not, will not return empty. It will accomplish all that God wants to do. It is a living Word. It is powerful. That's why you read in, in, in Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That's powerful. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. So the Word of God in this passage, one way of looking at it, and I think an accurate way of looking at it, is that it is this inspired Holy Word that it's totally trustworthy, totally true, inspired from God for us. There's a second way to look at the Word. If you go to John 1, it talks about Jesus as being the Word, the Logos, the total expression of God, ultimate God, God Himself. I think we can talk about the Word in Isaiah 55 as Jesus going forth. And everywhere that Jesus has been taught and people have been exposed to who He is and responded to Him, it has brought the same kind of life. And it's interwoven with the Word of God, obviously. But everywhere that Jesus has been brought to the forefront, things happen and it brings life. It changes people's lives from the inside out. And most of the acts of benevolence and charity and goodwill around the world, I would submit to you, have been driven by Jesus moving in people's lives. The hospitals and the orphanages, all the good deeds. So a second way of seeing the Word is Jesus. But I want to think about the Word a third way. Not just the eternal, changeless Bible that we hold in our hand, which is so important. And not just Jesus, because that's true too. But what if we think of the Word as, as what an omnipresent, totally in the moment, engaged God speaks to us in our very individual situations. You see, I tend to see reality, and I think I'm pretty common in this, as I see things happen and I tend to interpret them as, as either good, bad, or neutral. But what if it's, what if, what if that reality is something entirely different? And, and as I 
as I chewed on this and thought on this, it just seems to me that there's a whole other dimension of the whole spirit faith world that are grounded in the purposes and the plans of the one that we bow before, the one we call Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who can only be expressed as I am. Get your mind around that. I am. And what if that word is his word to us in our individual lives in that individual moment and that word to us is God's good gifts of rain and snow that waters the earth and makes it bud and flourish and what if it yields seed for the sower and bread for the hungry and what if God in his own unique way speaks that word to you and to me in the middle of our very real lives. Chew on that. Because I think in some incredible way that's beyond my ability to fathom we get to be a part of that and even launching into those last verses about the end times we get to be a part of that as well so when we come and we listen and we give ear and you seek and call and repent we get to be a part of God's plan that was my big thought my big thought. Now, bonus material. I got bonus material today because we only have one service, so I get to go long. You didn't know that was the rule because I just made it up. Uh, I have three last thoughts that that are are out of out of uh, out of the last two weeks as well. The one is I want to give glory to God. Um, about five years ago. Um, back backstory. Connie has a brother in Mississippi that has twelve children, and I make all these trips to Mississippi because Uncle Al always comes back and does their weddings. That's what I did this year, and um, I married Ike to Liz a year and a half ago, and Ike was the one that about five years ago was on our prayer list because he had Lemire's disease, which is a terrible disease that literally eats away. Uh, tissue in your body and if undiagnosed and it probably was for many many years you die from it and until they got him to an infection specialist up at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa he he was on his pathway to dying God saved his life and the only thing that came out of that was he had to have a hip replacement because it ate ate away so much tissue that he had to have uh, have that but he's relatively healthy now. He's married to a wonderful woman, Liz, and they have a, a little girl that's six months old. And, and two weeks ago today, they were driving from Hattiesburg up to Laurel, which is about a 30-minute drive on the interstate, and it was raining, and they hydroplaned, and they went off the road, and the car tumbled. And um, this is what the car looks like. And 
Ike was driving, and he came out unscathed. And the little girl was in the back seat, and she came out with a few scratches. His wife was on the passenger side, and if you can tell, the depth is there, but that whole side is crushed in, and the roof is crushed in. When they stopped, she couldn't even, she couldn't even straighten her head up because the roof had been bent down so far. And she came out of that with a punctured lung and eight broken ribs. And that, my friends, is a miracle. That's a miracle. Um, people die in accidents like that. And so I give glory to God for that. That's my first of my last big thoughts. The second one was from last Sunday. By last Sunday night, I was not 100%, but I felt better. And, and my brother-in-law's church have, had a Christmas Eve service. And so I went to their Christmas Eve candlelight service. And I got there, and their service was different than ours. Theirs is a lot more formal church, and it just, it's not quite what I was used to, and it was different. And, and, and I was there, and I'll just have to tell you, and in, in full disclosure here, um, about the first third of the service, I was kind of, um, I was kind of disappointed, and I was kind of angry, and I was kind of cheated because I wasn't here with you. I just, I mean, it was like, I was just like, I'm not getting anything out of this. It's just not happening. I'm just, I was kind of sitting there with my arms crossed, you know, just like. And, and, and about a third of the way in, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this, and I'm trying to talk through this with the Lord, and it came to me. <laughs> you know, it came to me. It's not about me. <laughs> it's not about being in Emporia, and it's not about being in Laurel, Mississippi. It's about Christmas Eve. It's about Jesus coming to earth for us. And all of a sudden, God did something, and he turned my heart 180 degrees. And it's interesting because, it, like I said, it's a very traditional service. And, and I just have to tell you, a guy got up, and, and they had uh, an organ and pianos and, and violins and and this guy got up, and, and he was an old guy. He's older than me. I mean, he was really old. And he got up there, and he had a suit on, and he was all, and I went, mm, I don't know about this. And he sang, Oh, Holy Night, with a very trained professional voice that I was, and he was, but it was so real, and it was so genuine, and you could tell that it was coming. It was not just the words, and it's not just the, the quality of his voice. It was coming out of his spirit and I was moved to tears which doesn't happen often to me it was a, a powerful thing and so the lesson I got out of that that maybe you can hold on to is that we don't have to be held captive by our circumstances we don't for so long I've thought the only way that I get out of that way of thinking is to get out of that circumstance but in that circumstance I believe God can change our thoughts and I don't think we have to be held captive to that that's last thought number two number three is a lot shorter it's a quote for you for the year from Minnie Louise Haskins 
I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, Give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, Go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than an own way. What does 2018 hold? I have no idea. You don't either. We make our plans, God laughs. Uh, it's just, that's it. But I know this, there is nothing so dark that you cannot hold his hand. And there is nothing this year that you will face that is bigger than God. Let's stand together for a closing prayer. As always, if I can help you with your next step in your journey, please contact us. Some of you may need to seek the Lord and call upon the Lord. This may be your time. Don't miss it. He is there for you. Father in heaven, I pray that you would help us to number our days, that we would live wisely, circumspectly, that we would walk led by your Spirit, guided by your holy word, the Bible, in touch with the Spirit and with Jesus, and interpret the word that comes to us through your heart and your eyes. May we never forget who you are, how great you are for whatever we encounter in this life. And all God's people agreed and said, Amen. You're dismissed.